Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Dairy Farmers of Manitoba Chair David Weens. Also, Jim Everson, President of the Canola Council of Canada, will stop by. And up first in today's country comment, I'll talk with Pascal Badiou, a research scientist with Ducks Unlimited Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today is Earth Day. Ducks Unlimited Canada and its project partner, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association, are measuring carbon dioxide and methane emissions from wetlands located on cattle farms and wetlands found in annual crop fields. This includes the installation of high-tech monitoring towers. Pascal Badiou is a research scientist with Ducks Unlimited. So this is a research that has been funded through the uh, Beef Cattle Research Council as well as Manitoba Ag Action uh, uh, with funding federally through AAFC. And we're focused on trying to essentially constrain estimates of greenhouse gas emissions from wetlands and essentially... you know, the goal there is to facilitate how to account for wetlands and wetland conversion in national greenhouse gas inventory reporting, but also potentially contributing to how best to integrate wetlands and wetland programs into eventual carbon offset programs to hopefully provide revenue for, for agricultural producers who maintain those systems in their landscapes. Uh, what area is being looked at here? Yeah, so we're uh, the, the, the towers are situated in the Prairie Parkland region, um, so southwestern Manitoba, um, and uh, yeah, it's actually the first deployment of these uh, anticovariance systems in these types of small prairie pothole wetlands. Talk a bit more about when you expect to get the results in and um, how those will be used. The towers were deployed uh, almost a year ago, and so the data has been rolling in continuously. In fact, it's weak, so I can I can log in via a website um, and look at the data, you know, on an hourly basis as it's reported through uh, through a modem uh, and then up to a cell tower. So it's really really beneficial that we can have these deployed in remote locations, but still track um, how they're behaving over time, and so. You know, we're already we've 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 been collecting data for almost a full year now, and it's really interesting because, so the the whole reason for deploying these towers is that historically, measuring greenhouse gas emissions from these types of wetlands has been done using these small isolated static chambers, and so the issue there is that you're not you're not accommodating plants, and we know that wetland plants can 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 you know, grow to substantial heights and substantial biomass. Um, and you're also, you know, not including light. And so there was a whole bunch of issues with, with how those measurements had been done historically. And these flux towers allow you to look at a whole ecosystem footprint in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. And what we're seeing up to date, just after the first year of data, is that, um, uh, the the methane emissions from these wetlands is in fact substantially smaller than we would have predicted using um, those uh, conventional flux chambers that were deployed. Uh, it's also showing that there are significant differences in methane emissions depending on the in situ water quality. And so all of that is extremely helpful because in the future it'll help inform you know 
how we can manage wetlands to potentially reduce greenhouse gas emissions and where to, where to target wetland restoration to maximize carbon sequestration while minimizing methane emissions. That was Pascal Badiou, a research scientist with Ducks Unlimited Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Cooler temperatures and additional snow in many areas is pushing back seeding operations for a number of producers. Neil Townsend, FarmLink's chief market analyst, says when it comes to seeding intentions, farmers generally are sticking to their crop rotation schedule. Some exceptions to that would be, you know, there's certain circumstances where, you know, something was applied last year, a chemical or a fertilizer, and didn't get used up. So, uh, you know, maybe that will dictate instead of planting, you know, a derm, for example, they might plant something else because they don't want to plant it into a residual of sort of a chemical used for pulses. That's one thing we've heard. Townsend notes, there's also a lot of discussion happening around seeding operations and just what Ukraine will actually be able to do this year. New research in southwest Manitoba will help landowners, industry and government understand carbon storage and greenhouse gas release from wetlands. Funded by the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, Ducks Unlimited Canada and its project partner, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association, are measuring carbon dioxide and methane emissions from wetlands located on cattle farms and wetlands found in annual crop fields. Pascal Badiou is a research scientist with Ducks Unlimited. We're focused on trying to essentially constrain estimates of greenhouse gas emissions from wetlands. And essentially, you know, the goal there is to facilitate how to account for wetlands and wetland conversion in national greenhouse gas inventory reporting, but also potentially contributing to how best to integrate wetlands and wetland programs into eventual carbon offset programs to hopefully provide revenue for, for agricultural producers who maintain those systems in their landscapes. Towers equipped with sensors are deployed on farms and ranches near Riding Mountain National Park. And the chair of the Manitoba Crop Alliance says farmers are anxious to get out in the field. Here's Robert Misko. Compared to last year, and, and obviously no two years are the same, and last year might have been maybe a little more on average early because I think some guys were already starting to go at this time last year. We're looking at probably, I think, uh, pretty well anywhere across the province. You're looking at at least a month before we're getting started, so that's mid-May. Which isn't excessively late, but it definitely makes you have that wonder, how is fall going to come along? Because you're definitely getting into a later seeding. And that's provided the weather starts to cooperate. Because with uh, temperatures in the single digits for the next two weeks, it's not going to speed up that melting process any. Misko says the first crops to go in are crops like peas and wheat that can handle a light spring frost. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, April 22nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canola Council of Canada President Jim Emerson. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has recognized canola for its GHG emissions reduction in advanced biofuels. Jim Emerson is President of the Canola Council of Canada. Well, that decision just came from the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States just very recently. And, um... It is a decision that it's a proposed decision. So um, what the EPA does is put up a proposed decision, then there's some public comments and, and uh, through to the mid-May, and then they would go with the final decision after that. But the fact that the EPA has really studied all the conditions and the situation and, and made a decision to move forward is very, is very promising, and we're very optimistic. The idea here is that um, canola would be able to go into the United States Renewable Fuels Program it's designated as an advanced biofuel, 
which opens canola oil up to be used in in renewable diesel um, there plus jet fuel and other uh, the diesel uses. And so, as you know, Corey, um, we have had access to the U.S. biofuels market when it comes to you know making biofuels and then mixing it with regular diesel fuel to to bring down GHG levels. But this is a different process, renewable fuels, where the canola oil is used directly in the refining process, and the result coming out of the refinery then is a diesel that's chemically equivalent to, to petroleum diesel, but with much less GHG emissions. And so it's very attractive from that point of view. So canola is a low product, a low, a low carbon product by and large. So it's attractive as a feedstock for, for biofuels. So this requirement to meet for the U.S. renewable fuels process is that it would cut GHG emissions by uh, 50% or more uh, against a baseline that the EPA has 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 put in place. So they actually, in their review on this r- report, um, indicate that the GHG reduction value of canola is in the 60 to 60 to 69 percent range for most uses. So it exceeds the threshold, and that's how um, that's how it becomes uh, uh, possible for EPA to open up this pathway. That was Jim Everson, president of the Canola Council of Canada. And Protein Industries Canada is applauding the Government of Canada's investment into global innovation clusters in Budget 2022. Here's Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel. Yeah, we're very pleased that the Government of Canada recognized the work that we're doing as, uh, as innovation clusters across all five sectors of the economy in Canada. Uh, so in Budget 2022, the Government announced a recapitalization of the program with a $750 million investment that will be shared across all five innovation clusters, including Protein Industries Canada, which means we'll be able to continue the work that we started with a six-year, uh, additional six-year runway. And yeah, I guess just talk a little bit about the, the work that's ongoing, you know, what, what you've been um, able to do up until this point. Yeah, so the, the vast majority of what we've been doing is investing, co-investing with companies into large-scale uh, projects aimed at growing Canada's value-added processing sector and plant-based food manufacturing. So together with our members, we're managing an investment portfolio of almost $485 million of projects, everything from you know advanced breeding technologies to increase protein content, a lot of work in the development of novel ingredient processing technologies, and the creation of new plant-based foods from ingredients that we're producing here in Western Canada. What do you hope to accomplish, um, you know, going forward here? Yeah, I think, you know, in this first round of funding, Corey, we supported the development of a lot of new and novel ingredient processing technologies, creating high-value ingredients from crops that we produce in Western Canada. Those projects need to get scaled up, and we have to help companies uh, create uh, larger volumes of ingredients for plant-based food manufacturing. So a lot of the work we want to do on a go-forward basis will build on the kind of proof-of-concept work that we did in Fund 1 and, and help companies scale up ingredient manufacturing. You know, the demand for plant-based food is not going away, and so it's really critical for us in Western Canada to increase our processing capacity and to help companies meet that growing global demand. 
That was Bill Gruel. He's the CEO with Protein Industries Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a fence and water solutions workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Seeds Canada is holding its annual meeting July 11th to the 14th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. The Canadian Semitol Association is holding its annual meeting July 23rd in Portage La Prairie. Details at Semental.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba held the spring meeting in Winkler earlier this week. I caught up with Chair David Weens. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, Dairy Farmers of Canada announced their, their net zero uh, plan by, by 2050. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, you know what's happening there. Yes, I mean, that was, uh, that was actually uh, quite an exciting announcement that the DFC made back in the beginning of, of February. And so, uh, and that very much reflects the, uh, the, the same target set by the federal government. And of course, there's quite a number of industries now that have also, uh, you know, taken that as, as, their, as their goal, uh, you know, for uh, 2050. So we're very much a part of it. We have seen uh, the kind of, we've seen major improvements over the years. Uh, for example, in the last 15 years, our our uh, you know carbon footprint has been reduced by 24 percent so we've already made significant gains in the in the industry and a lot of it is as a result of of efficiencies on the farm in terms of productivity of cows you know the kind of feeds that that we have the kind of facilities that that we have and so on Uh, but there's more work to be done and and uh, you know we start from a position of being at about uh, 50 percent of of the average carbon footprint uh, for, uh, you know, for uh, dairy producing countries around the world. So our, our dairy industry uh, has, has great strength from where we're starting from, but we, uh, we strive to, uh, to close that gap and, and reach that, uh, that uh, carbon neutral uh, position by 2050. In terms of um, just processing here in the province, are we, are we seeing any new, new plants that come up or? Things are fairly stable here in Manitoba in, in, in terms of uh, processing. We are looking at, you know, we are uh, certainly talking to a number of players about, you know, expanding their operations. And, and this, this ranges from, uh, you know, the, the larger players to, uh, to the niche players that have, are making specialty products. But there certainly is, is uh, interest in continuing to grow the industry and, of course, you know, Manitoba being part, working very closely with the uh, other uh, three western provinces, you know, we're looking at uh, projects, you know, right across the west that will help us grow our industry here in Manitoba as well. And, and, and so, you know, we expect there to be some significant development over the next, I would say, uh, uh, two to three years uh, where, you know, where we'll be able to uh, grow the, the dairy industry fairly significantly. Any other highlights from the meeting here today or? Well, certainly, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, we're all happy to be able to uh, uh, get together in person. It makes for uh, much better discussion and, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, farmers can have questions. I mean, this is, there's, there's a lot of uh, pent up demand here for just, uh, you know, being able to have those, uh, those, those very uh, open uh, back and forth conversations. So, yeah, we're very pleased with, uh, you know, being able to come together like this today in in Winkler. 
That was David Weens. He's the chair of Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The chair of the Manitoba Crop Alliance says the moisture we've seen over the winter and early spring is welcome. Here's Robert Misko. I think the optimism is definitely out there that, that maybe we won't be as bad off as we were last year with the droughts. That snow and that extra moisture is definitely going to have some effect. I mean, there's, it's got to be building up. I don't think we've completely rebuilt our reserves, but at least we've got a good start because you don't have to go too terribly far uh, to the west. And There's still some areas out there that are pretty darn dry. They didn't get a lot of snow and they don't really have any cover right now either. The impact of the war in Ukraine is the dominating issue in the markets. Neil Townsend is FarmLink's chief market analyst and says it's a tragic situation, noting there's also a lot of concern about food security with the area key for grains and oilseed exports. He notes there's a lot of variables impacting the markets right now. There's a lot of inflation that's sort of happening all around the world that's causing you know a lot of geopolitical concerns or political concerns in countries and makes for arrest of populations in some areas. And then, uh, and that doesn't show any signs of really uh, abating. And I think for farmers in Western Canada and around the world, I mean, we're going to be entering a much higher interest rate environment than we've experienced in the last little while. And that could get, you know, pretty challenging. Ducks Unlimited Canada and its project partner, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association, are measuring carbon dioxide and methane emissions from wetlands located on cattle farms and wetlands found in annual field crops. This includes the installation of high-tech monitoring towers. Pascal Badiou is a research scientist with Ducks Unlimited. The towers are situated in the Prairie Parkland region, so southwestern Manitoba. It's actually the first deployment of these uh, anticovariant systems in these types of small prairie pothole wetlands. The project is being funded through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.